welcome to Criminals Who Care, a true crime podcast. We have changed names, dates, and locations to protect the identity of the victims and their families. All crimes are true, and all deserve to be told. This is Sarah. And this is Jen. And this is One Messed Up Crime. Hey Jen, how's it going? Pretty good, how about you? (laughs) I'm good. We're just... Jen and I are both sitting here with our coffees right now. She's sitting here with a Starbucks something. Yeah, a venti cold brew. Which she's very, very particular about, where <laughs> I'll drink anything that tastes like coffee. And this this is actually pretty strong, but that's good because I didn't sleep well last night, so I needed a little extra. Yeah, drink. I brewed up her some dark roast coffee. and So people <laughs> usually tell us, they're like, your coffee's really strong. Yeah, it really is. Okay, so I just I just want to say, you know, the reason that we started this podcast, um, and I really hope that you guys enjoy it or learn something from it, but the real reason that we started this is I have worked in senior care now for about seven years, and um, Jen has been here for a couple of years as well, and over the amount of time, we have both noticed some super just messed up stuff happening that you you can't make this stuff up okay it's 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 very weird (laughs) yeah so anyways we wanted to kind of tell some stories get the word out there and hopefully you can you know not be the next victim of elder abuse yeah so today i am going to tell the story about betty and Um, Just so everyone knows that sometimes we get our stories and our podcasts from people that have called us and told us what happened to them or some of our nurses who are out in the field, they will tell us something they've experienced before in their career. But this is actually one that I experienced myself. I know the person that this happened to. I know the facility that it was at. And um, so this one comes really close to home for me. Um, So yeah, let's get started. Should I, should I just start now, or do we need yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or should we just like, <laughs> should we just like do like press play? <laughs> no, go okay. ahead. All right, so okay, so um, Betty, she's from Huntsville, Alabama. She's eighty-two years old, and she has one daughter named Carol. They lived apart, you know. So Carol would come over and visit her mom and just check on her, make sure she's doing well. Um, but you know, she noticed that her mom Betty was you know, kind of isolated. Um, You know, once, let's say that when your children move out and you maybe become widowed and your spouse dies, um, you know, you're home alone, your only friend is, you know, the television, and it can get really lonely. Right. So um, Carol noticed that she was too isolated. Um, Another thing about Betty is that she had diabetes. Oh, no. And Yeah, so, which which is fairly common. Yeah. But a lot of times, like, it's hard to keep up with that stuff. It's hard to keep up with your insulin. It's it's hard to keep up with regulating your blood sugar. Um, so anyways, yeah. So she was managing that by herself, or? all by herself. Oh no! And, and on top of that, becoming extremely depressed. Yeah. So I bet it was even harder for her to keep up with it because she was so depressed. Yeah. So Carol was like, "Okay, mom, you're not you're not sleeping. You're not eating. You're not showering. You're in this extreme depression. We've got to get you out of this funk." You still have a you still have good life to live, and we just need to make sure that it's the happiest one for you. So Carol went and she toured three different assisted livings, three different separate companies. Um, you know, she went there and like I think they they would like she would sit down and have like a lunch there or something to kind of test their food out. 
they give her a tour of, you know, like the community rooms and the apartments they have available. And she said they were all really nice, um, but she ended up choosing the one that was closest to her house. Which, especially if you're dealing with someone with isolation, mm-hmm. it's it's very important to be able to come there and visit. Yeah. Um, another reason she chose this one is because the salesperson had said, oh, this is the best facility for socialization, um, daily activities, we throw parties, we have happy hour, we play bridge, we play bingo, we have movie nights. And Carol was like, this is this is amazing. Yeah, this is a life for Betty. This is, this <laughs> is what I needed. Yeah. So Betty reluctantly moved in, which is kind of, always kind of sad to me. Yeah. I mean, but okay, it's probably really hard to leave your home after, you know, you've lived there for 20 plus years. Yeah. I mean, I've lived my... It's like her safe place. Like, my home is my safe place. I'd rather just be home than anywhere else. Exactly. Be in my comfy area where I feel safe. So I can imagine it's hard to rip that away from someone who's been there for a long time and who's 82 and set in their ways. Exactly. I mean, I've, I've lived in an apartment for two and a half years and... And I'm, I'm setting my ways there. There's no changing. <laughs> okay, so Betty moves in. Carol's really happy about this. Um, she goes and visits her quite regularly. And then, like, literally within, like, one week of living there, she starts to notice that there's no activities going on. But when she toured the facilities, there was tons of activities going on. Yeah. Which, and so I'm going to just give you a little behind the scenes here. Um, when someone has a scheduled tour of an assisted living facility or independent living or whatever, the salesperson will do everything in their power to make it seem like this place is bumping. Yeah, it's like, like this, bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And then when there's nobody there to impress, they've already signed the contract, they don't care anymore. Yeah, because they got your money. You yeah. Can, yeah. Now, and just saying, this is not all assisted livings, but this is what a lot of them that I have personally experienced. So she went up to one of the nurses and she's like, this is like ghost town. It's desolate. There's nothing going on here. And the, um, the nurse said, look, we're really short staffed. Um, we're doing the best we can, but we don't have the time or the manpower to do activities because we're trying to care for the residents. And so um, Carol's like, well, where is this activities director that the salesperson spoke so highly of? Oh, she, she quit like months ago and the executive director decided that he wanted to save that money because another thing they also, if they save money, it's more of their bonus. Ooh. Okay. That's, which is, Ooh, a, Sarah's yeah. outing some, uh, uh, yeah, some living. Here. And again, this is not every place, but oh, yeah, for sure. a lot of places that I know of or have heard of, we'll just say that I, you know, behind the scenes is not, it's not a pretty sight. Um, so she said, yeah, like, the executive director didn't feel the need to replace them. And they said the caregivers can just start participating in more um, cognitive stimulation with them. And activities and singing and playing karaoke and yeah. bingo. So obviously that was not going to happen, especially when you're short-staffed. So, you know, she's like, all right, so this is already doesn't seem like the kind of place that I thought so in the beginning. Yeah. So the following day, okay, now this is, this is one week after she moved, seven days after she moved in. Betty was walking uh, down the hallway to breakfast. 
She started to get a little dizzy, didn't feel well. She ended up falling down. I know. Now, let's let's go back here. And she is a diabetic and she takes insulin. Yeah. So one of the things that happened when she moved in was the fact that she's on insulin was only relayed to a few of the nurses that were there, not all of them. So they didn't even know. Some people didn't know that she... The new the new people, she's like, well, I don't know what medicines they're on. It's not documented. Um, we don't we don't have any pills. It wasn't in like her. in her history or no. like official files. No. So she fell down and you know, on her way to breakfast. So one of the residents who was also going to breakfast saw her fall down. So she starts pushing her button. And it's like their life alert button, but it, right. instead of it going to life alert and calling It goes um, to like one of the care. Exactly. People. And it'll say who it is and where they are. Um, so a few minutes went by, but eventually one of the nurses came up to the rescue and she had her med card. So it's like a med card. It has like locks and keys on it um, so that you, no one could just get in. Yeah. Um, so Betty at this point started seizing and she was unresponsive to, question, uh, to questions and unresponsive to actions. Yeah. Um, so the nurse yelled, She's in diabetic shock. Okay, quote, she's in diabetic shock. Someone get me some OJ. So somebody ran, I guess, and tried to find some orange juice. So at this time, the nurse goes into the, the, the med cart, pulls out insulin, injects her with the <gasps> insulin. And let me just tell you this. This was not her prescribed insulin. So she just literally. She was just like giving willy-nilly some insulin that she doesn't know what type it is or how much it is. She's just yeah. injecting it. I, I don't really know that much about insulin, but I do know that for, first of all, you need to give someone their prescription, okay? It's like against the law to give somebody else their own prescri- <laughs> different prescription. Um, so well, you, can't, you, can't, you need to know the correct dosage. Yeah, you well, can do a lot of damage or, um, you know, not get them to where they need to be at. Right. But, like, another thing, too, is what I'm saying is not like, who would do that? Okay. So, but here's the thing. So, I actually looked this up because I'm like, well, I'm not a nurse. I don't 100% know. But if somebody is in diabetic shock, you do not give them insulin. No. 100% not. So, she gave her a shot of insulin. All right. At this point, Betty is just, I mean, she's laying there lifeless. Okay. Yeah. So then the nurse, the person comes back with the orange juice. The nurse takes the cup of orange juice and starts pouring it down Betty's throat while she was on her back, while she was already choking because she was seizing and she was kind of choking. Yeah. Put the orange juice down. She was continuing to choke. You, okay. I don't even think that I could drink water like if i'm laying flat on my back like you're gonna choke yeah so if you're already seizing you're going through all these you know you're unresponsive you don't just throw you don't like try to waterboard someone with orange juice yeah so um a few minutes went by um the emts were already called and when they got there she was pronounced dead at the scene oh my god she was, again, um, she was 82 years old, but she was, she had no dementia, no Alzheimer's. She was very Relatively active. healthy. Yeah, she was active, um, you know, really no super dietary restrictions, I mean, other than diabetic, but, you know, she, she was healthy. And yeah. so after moving in there, she died within one week. 
And, um, I mean, first of all, that just made me sick and everything. So when they called Carol, of course she's devastated. Yeah. But one of the things that I heard her say was shock. I'm just in shock. I, I, I don't understand. Um, and she says, my, my mother was healthy, and I, I just don't understand. She could dress herself. She could feed herself. She could make her own decisions. Like, what, what, how, why did this happen? Yeah. And then, then she was just devastated. And, and frankly, like, this was one of, like, the most painful things I've ever seen someone go through. It was, it was really hard. Um, so fast forward a little bit, and let me just tell you um, something that will probably make you very mad. The facility was visited from the state but it remained open. They fired the nurse who was pouring orange juice down her throat. Um, But okay, in my opinion, yes, that was a very, very bad judgment call. It was just wrong, okay? But I I almost feel that um, because she had no information about her being diabetic, I think the only reason that she knew she was diabetic is because when she had actually fallen down, someone was like, she she has diabetes. And that's the only reason she even knew. Yeah. Um, but that information could have been wrong, too. Um, because if they didn't have it on file, then right. there wasn't an, any real way to know. Yeah. Um, and I could be wrong. The nurse might have even known that she was diabetic but didn't know that she was on insulin, maybe just a restricted diet. So, um, so just a... Lots of uh, lots of confusion. Terrible care. <laughs> there, there was a few different stories about that. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I found the most disturbing is that the facility took no responsibility whatsoever. They changed no policies or procedures after this incident. And they, um, they're still going strong. And they still give false promises of a wonderful and fulfilling life in their facility, in their assisted living um so that's terrible fast forward no it's 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 devastating i mean this was in the fact that you know these people and you've seen it happen and i actually wasn't there during the incident but i know who that person was i know the per the nurse and i know the facility yeah um so just a side note something that i kind of heard about a year later the state came again and they found forged documents signed by the executive director. And these forged documents could have been a number of things, but a lot of them were maybe like liability papers that weren't actually signed. Um, or a lot of times, like if there's an incident report, you have to you know, have it in a certain area and it has to be signed or something. So there were forged documents and the med room, which is by law supposed to be under lock and key, Nobody except a nurse can get access to that med room because they're ultimately responsible for those drugs. So if those drugs go missing, then that's, yeah. that's on them. Um, but it was unlocked, and the med cart was just sitting there, and it would have been super easy for someone just to snatch up, oh, maybe I just want to take a hydro today. Maybe I wanted some Xanax. You yeah, know or maybe um, they're confused, and they, take, they think they're taking an ibuprofen. And they take something else. Well, the thing is that I would be more worried about the employees going in there and trying oh, to kind yeah. of get medication. I guess I would be worried about that too, but also um, any of the patients that are there that just go up to it. To yeah. Take it. 
So, you know... It's a really bad situation. It it is. Um, So the only thing I can really say is just please do your research. Um, And one, one, you know, tidbit here that I might say is if you're ever thinking about moving your loved one into an assisted living... Let me just tell you, there are so many wonderful assisted livings out there. And there are tons that care about them. But one thing that I would recommend is go, don't schedule a tour. Just pop in. Yes. Um, And then before you move your loved one in, go there after 5 o'clock at night. Because that's when the management has left. And then you can see what really goes on behind closed doors. Yep. Um, That's really the best advice I could possibly give someone. Um, and then also maybe talking to some of the other family members. You'll probably see them sitting in the living room or, um, you know, at the lunch table or something. Just say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about moving my mom in here. Like, what? how do you guys like it? You'll, you'll get the, the truth. They're, they yeah. don't care. They're going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. So please, you know, just, just do research and protect your families. And, um, and I do know this was somewhat of a freak accident. This is not something you hear every day, but um, it does happen. So... And with that being said, um, do you want to go over there and cry in the corner with me? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I know. I I don't know. I just keep hearing these like horror stories, especially since we started this podcast and just kind of getting all these stories from people who are submitting their stories and um, reading about things and the things I've experienced and actually writing them down on paper. Yeah. It's just like, am I actually writing this right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyways, guys, yeah, that's that's the story of Betty. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us here at Criminals Who Care. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a comment. Yeah, it really does help us, you know, get the word out there about these horrific crimes. And and hopefully it'll help prevent someone from being the next victim of elder abuse. So uh, make sure you're checking up on your mom and dad. Yeah. And have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>